Would you consider the beast from Beauty and the Beast a furry? Uh, it depends on what you mean by furry, but I would say, yes, he is like a furry coded character for sure. Yeah. Cause so I had, I know, you know, that first shot of him, like coming into the light from bell is yes. supposed to be like super intimidating. <laughs> yeah. It turned a lot of people on. <laughs> it was like, Oh, hello. Exactly. Oh. Lock me in your dungeon when you want. <laughs> Those are some special, uh, some special feelings you get as a kid. You're like, oh, what are these butterflies in my tummy? You know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> hey, y'all, and welcome to that magical podcast. I am Ash, your host, and today I am joined by a very special guest. Um, we are joined by Pup Toothpick. Hi. <laughs> Hi, Pup. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm great. So, um, Pup, you are a furry, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. You consider yourself a furry. Oh, um, just for the audience that might not know what that is, will you just give a brief explanation and uh so basically i started you know as a kid i was kind of questioning my identity and questioning a lot of things about me i was about 14 and i went on the internet and deviant art had these things called furries and i just really connected with them i always had kind of a crush on like balto or like charlie barkin from all dogs go to heaven and Mm -hmm. these like big animal people like that were people were using to personify themselves like really spoke with me and back in the day it was like a really cringy thing that people only like nerds down the internet so i kind of kept it a secret but nowadays it's kind of gone a little bit more mainstream so i'm a little bit more open about it yeah yeah that's great um because i remember when i was in school um very the furry community wasn't as big as it is now, mm-hmm. but we had people that would like wear tails with their school uniform, yeah, like fox tails and stuff like that. And like, while I never would do something like that, um, <laughs> I I was just like, you know, if like I was a gay kid in here in the South Texas, yeah, me you too. Know? So, so it's like I didn't really have a um. You know, so I I wasn't too much of a prude, but I, so I didn't really judge them. But I remember some people like really judge, um, were like really freaked out by it, mm-hmm. and and I know a lot of people, um, are probably like, what does this have to do with Disney? And it's because mm-hmm. the reason you're on here is because we thought we would, I wanted to have someone on. I, as a queer person, you know, we are under attack right now, you know, Mm -hmm. with a lot of anti-LGBTQ legislation, and I want to destigmatize some of, you know, like drag, or being Mm -hmm. a furry, or, you know, being queer, or being non-binary, stuff like that, with my platform, you Mm -hmm. know, and that's why I'm so glad you're here, because, like, you know, like, I think a lot of people have a perceived notion of what being 
a furry is. Would you? But it's not all what they think it is. Would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, especially people who have never had exposure to it. It's like they're going to only go based on what they see, you know, on the news. Where and we all yes. know that, like the news, we all we all know that the mainstream media attacks queer people and tries to frame us as like the weirdest thing ever. Unless you're just like a white cis straight gay guy that <laughs> that like you know conforms to heteronormativity, but just is with same sex instead of you know the opposite sex and the queer experience is like so much more than what you see in mainstream media, including movies and television and stuff like that. And the yeah. biggest thing that I've found in my experiences delving into like internet niche culture is that the queer experience is just easily one of the most incredible diverse experiences anybody could ever go through. And I'm genuinely thankful that I'm not just gay, but I'm queer. I think that the two aren't, I think that the two are often conflated when they, don't necessarily need to be and um it's mm -hmm. it's an experience that i'm very thankful for yes same same here same here so um i'm so glad you're here toothpick um so let's you kind too. of dive in real quick to um to our you know how, what we're going to talk about today okay sounds good um now the way I, would you consider, what do you consider like furry culture in the Disney world? You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I fully like, exactly know what you like, mean. It, would you consider like Bambi, you know, be, be, or would you consider more anthropomorphized animals like in Robin Hood or Zootopia over animals being regular animals that just talk you know what i mean a hundred percent i know what you mean and all of it is furry just because like some characters are quadrupedal which means like on four all fours if they are anthropomorphized with human expression and human language and human culture and we're essentially projecting our own culture onto these talking animal characters to in my definition personally that all falls under like what being like what furry coded or just for straight up furry characters are it doesn't necessarily have to be on two legs uh you know a good example is like balto like balto is kind of one of the biggest furry pieces of media ever made because i mean you ask <laughs> on planet earth young or old if they've seen balto and do they like balto and i would i would argue that 90 percent of them as a conservative figure um would say absolutely yes to both of those questions yeah yeah well and <clears throat> disney is actually at because like bambi was one of their first movies you know mm -hmm. and yep. that that was really their first movie that did the trait of the talking animals I would argue that the very first Walt Disney animation ever, Mickey on the Train, <laughs> was like the first was like the first furry animation ever because like you have this anthropomorphic mouse whistling, yeah, no, driving a train, I, you know, or like in <laughs> yeah, feature I film. Yeah, I meant more like in feature film though. Yes, no, I know what you mean. I'm just being silly. <laughs> no, no, I totally get it though. Mickey is definitely a furry, as is Goofy. Absolutely, and then what is Pluto? Yeah. You know. Pluto. <laughs> I, I never understood. So Goofy's supposedly a dog, right? Yeah. But he walks on to, and then Pluto is a dog, but he doesn't talk, 
and is on all fours and is owned as a domesticated pet. I always exactly. I think that the I think that the 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 running theory with with some people is that Pluto is just is a, just a normal guy that's just really into putt play, and Mickey is his handler. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, I, I, that's funny. Um, yeah, okay. So, um, but also, because really, like, Disney never really did a proper talking animal picture mm-hmm. until Bambi. Like, yes, Snow White had animals. Pinocchio, well, I guess Pinocchio was the first one that had it, you know, in showcase because it had like that you know fox and cat duo Mm -hmm. i think bambi was the first one that they every every single main character was a animal that like lives in the wild and like you kind of navigate their culture and and their society exactly real quick back to pinocchio though Mm -hmm. um for a fun fact just because i like fun disney trivia yeah um the cat was originally supposed to speak in pinocchio oh really Yes, and they got Mel Blank to voice him, who, if you don't know who Mel Blank is, he's the guy who voiced a lot of the Looney Tunes. So he voiced gotcha. Bugs Bunny, Porky Pig, <laughs> um, Daffy. He voiced a lot of them. Gotcha, Not gotcha. All of the OG them. voice actors. Not all of them, but a lot of them. Mm. And he was supposed... And they ended up cutting it, and the only his lines and the only thing the only like sound bite left from his performance is the the cat Gideon is its name is drinking yep. a beer and there's any burps <laughs> and that's that's literally it that's the legendary voice actor's contribution <laughs> that is the legendary voice actor's contribution to <laughs> Disney animation (laughs) that's really funny (laughs) it's really i i i I know that that doesn't really have anything to do with what we're talking about but i thought it was funny Um, i love trivia trivia tangents don't worry i i do too yeah so um what was your first like film disney film that you saw that had like the anthropomorphized animals you know probably probably lion king if i if i'm not mistaken i think i i think my mom told me that like lion king was my first besides like there was toy story but that doesn't really count because like those are toys no but i think lion toys. king yeah i think lion king was my first one and of course we all had crushes on adult simba and you know and, and scar good lord the, the most queer coded villain character of all time <laughs> it's like scar and jafar right next to each other are exactly Scar is like Scar is like Jafar's persona, honestly. Like they're kind of built the same. <laughs> they honest, they honestly are. Disney was so gay in the nineties, especially with their that. villains, it like Ursula. Yeah, <laughs> Ursula was literally taken from Divine, like as Divine the drag queen. Yeah, exactly. Was exactly. used as inspiration for Ursula. Legend. And um. And then you have Scar, of course, and Jafar, and um, hmm. Hades is kind oh, Hades, of give, Hades. Hades, Hades he's literally gives a, that bisexual. <laughs> he's literally a flamer. <laughs> he's literally flamboyant. Flamboyant. 
Exactly. Um, no, Hades. Um, but also, like, it wasn't just the villains. Like, like Jasmine's father um, had some very gay-coded things. Yeah, yeah. I think. Um, anyway, we're getting... Oh, gosh. Also, Gaston had some, like... Gaston, oh yeah, like LeFou. If Gaston was here today, he would be a toxic masculine mask for mask gay man. Exactly. No, fully. Like that they, he would be the Beverly Hills gay. Yes. <laughs> yes. You know, I or, actually starred I actually starred in um in uh Beauty and the Beast in high school. We did we did an off-Broadway level production. It was it was like one of the highest budgets for like a high school show that like I've ever heard of and it was really cool. I oh, got God. to play. Um, I got to play Dark, who isn't really in the movie very much, but he's Monsieur Dark. Yes, I yeah, love Monsieur yeah. Dark. I got to play him, and I got to do his number, and it was really, really cool. Yeah. So I've done Beauty and the Beast twice in the span of a year, nice. and I played. I was in the ensemble both times. Yeah. And in Bell, I had the same solo lines the both times nice (laughs) i was but behind that fair facade i'm afraid she's rather odd that was me (laughs) um i love it so yeah uh i love beating beast i could talk (laughs) Uh, we could honestly talk about that in our first episode that's my and my co-host brett's that's our favorite one of our favorite Oh, same. Disney it sparked movies. It sparked a transformation kink in like an entire generation of people because there's like an entire subsect of people that like really like just love the idea of being transformed into an object, and obviously that's you know what half the characters in that movie are. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. If Angela Lansbury can be a teapot, so can you. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So um. Yeah. So um. Back to um, anthropomorphic animals, though. <laughs> so we, you have Bambi, and then I think my first one was actually Robin Hood, and that's probably one of the most popular. Absolutely, that's like one. the first ant, like you know, uh, uh, that's like the first two-legged standing. Like those are furry characters. Like it's just yeah. straight up. You know? <laughs> yeah, it, it honestly, like it's kind of like furry fan fiction. Exactly. <laughs> it, it, it's what that movie is, but it's because the history of that film is actually really interesting. Walt had been wanting to do a movie with a fox as the lead, yeah. Walt Disney, for years, and, but not Robin Hood. He wanted to do Reynard the Fox, which I don't okay. know if you've heard of him. No, but I he's, haven't. He, he's kind of an old folk, you know tale i've i've heard the name because i know uh kind, you know, of, my... kind of like brer rabbit and brer fox but not as gotcha. racist yeah, yeah exactly there you go. <laughs> um and apparent and they apparently they were going to put reynard and do it like um in they were going to do a movie like song of the south with Reynard, but it was mm-hmm. going to be in Treasure Island. 
Gotcha, 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 gotcha. It was so Treasure Island was supposed to be basically a less racist version of Song of the South. That sounds. I wish they would do that now. I think that would be cute. I mean, I I'm literally such a sucker for Fox characters. I'm I'm a Fox, and like I that's my favorite. That's like my favorite like character design, and I wish they would do that today. That'd be cool. Yeah, but um, but then that that was before they really stepped into live action. Mm-hmm. And I think Walt was really much more interested in doing like a fully live action one instead of because he's he had already done two movies like that with Song of the South and True to My Heart, Be True to My something like that. Mm-hmm. That one of the a very obscure movie no one knows because it's I've heard it's not good. Um, so um so it's a and i think he was like you know if we want to be live action movie makers we need to do something live action so let's Mm -hmm. do treasure island as a full-on live action and so they were going to do reynard in there and then there was like a few other projects where and the main reason is they wanted to have a fox be the hero. Because mm-hmm. normally, you know, the foxes are conceived <laughs> as like, you know, shifty, evil, like in Song of the South or, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And there was actually even a time where Walt Disney was reading <laughs> Roald Dahl's um fantastic Mr. Fox. Yes. And thought about making that, or not Walt Disney, but one of the Disney company. Gotcha. One of the executives. One of the execs, yeah. Was reading that and thought that would make a good movie, but they could never, I I, I don't think they knew what exactly what to do with it. You know, mm-hmm. I think it was right after, pretty soon after Walt's death. Mm-hmm. around the time they were trying to figure out what to do you know mm-hmm. and um, yeah so they ended up doing Robin Hood instead just because I thought I think they thought Robin Hood was more known than Fantastic Mr. Fox was and I love Roald Dahl do you like Roald Dahl you know, I'm not familiar with a lot of Roald Dolls. I grew up reading, um, you know, BFG and like Charlie and Chocolate Factory. Um, yeah. But um, I, I'm not familiar with like his lesser known works. Yeah, I read a lot of him and I love him. I love his work. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, he, he wanted it to get done, but I, Disney was just animation and and whole was at a weird spot in the 1970s. Mm-hmm. You know, hardly there weren't that many great things coming out. Like Disney even only came out with three movies during the 1970s. Oh wow! And they came out. Yeah, it was um, Aristocats. Love that movie. Love, Love that, movie. that movie too. Um, Except 
accept stereotypical racist Asian cast. Oh, of course. We, we have to, we, like, with the stuff, like, old stuff like that, like, you have to just understand that it was a product of its time, and you can just, you can easily, like, I'm definitely of the belief that you can enjoy something old while also denouncing the horrible racism and yeah, the it, horrible oh, racist yeah, undertones totally of the entire agree. film. I totally agree. And, like, agree, all of, I forget just, all, like, all the, you know, all the classism and stuff like that. <laughs> Yeah, but it's just weird because, like, from what I understand, that age did not age well, like, no, pretty absolutely. soon after its release. Exactly. Like, it's same thing with the Indians in, yes. in, in Peter Pan. You know, yeah, like, the, a all year the or two stuff, after yeah. its release, they were like, oh, yeah, that, oh, that was a choice. Um... <laughs> <laughs> definitely not uh done in done in good taste for sure i was never really a peter pan kid i think i saw it once or twice as a kid. i i never was either if it did, like... honestly if it like like as a testament to being a furry like if it didn't have talking animals in it like i just didn't care <laughs> yeah no so see so when i was six i went to disney world for the first time mm-hmm. and they have a peter pan ride where you fly mm-hmm. with peter pan and that's what made me like the movie. But yeah. It, like, well, I thought I liked the movie at first. And then I went on that ride. And then I watched the movie after that. And I'm like, it's not the same thing as like actually flying through Neverland yourself. Exactly. You know? So, I, yeah, I was never a huge... I liked Alice in Wonderland better, which Alice in Wonderland has some um, like anthropomorphized you know, furry stuff yes. in it. Yeah. yeah, so I love... Did Was that a movie you watched when you were growing up? Not a lot. It wasn't one that I was super familiar with. My biggest... Like, I was into the weird, like, fringe case movies that, like, not a lot of people saw. Like, did you ever see um, The Trumpet and the Swan? I've heard of it, but I never I don't saw know if it. it was. I don't know if it was Disney. It might have been, like, one of those, like, you know, kind of wanted to be Disney Animation Studios. I don't remember, but I was obsessed with that movie when I would, like, when I would get sick and stay home from school, I would literally just have my mom like put it on on repeat because <laughs> I loved watching the talking the talking swans and I wanted to be one so bad. Yes, yes, I I think I remember <laughs> seeing advertisements for it. Yeah, it was a book. We were we read the book like our teacher read the book to us in like second grade, and um, I remember being at Blockbuster and I was like, oh my god, they made it into a movie, and you know, I was a little kid. Uh, I could not wait to see it, and so um, I think we just bought it from Blockbuster because we just kept it too long. <laughs> yes, <laughs> <laughs> I think it was a VHS too. Oh, oh gosh, that has Blockbusters. Is the Blockbuster still sending you a letter saying, "Hey, we need that movie back"? No, we outlive Blockbuster. <laughs> 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 I'm showing. I'm showing my age here. <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah. Um, so Disney has had influence in the furry community for years now. Oh, without you a doubt. Know? I mean, they they still do. They still do. Like even like with Zootopia. Yeah, um, exactly. Which I think they Zootopia was them acknowledging they were a part of the furry community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the lead animators, Joaquin Baldwin, uh, interacts with the furry community on a daily basis. Like he's friends with a lot of us, and um, he is a very, very sweet guy. And he has he really pined for like more LGBT representation in the movie, but obviously Disney is Disney, 
and so um there's a, there's a few nods like it's like kind of semi-canon that clawhauser is gay and for like chief bogo and stuff like that but they just they can't yeah. be they can't be like outward with it which really sucks because it's so not harmful especially in 2023 like to just show yeah. kids that gay people exist you know like and i don't i'm not a huge fan of like i'm not a huge fan of like shoehorning that stuff in like making characters who weren't gay gay now because it to me it cheapens the gay experience like i'd rather just a regular character just happens to be gay like they, it doesn't and it not be part of their struggle yeah exactly i'm tired of seeing queer struggle i want to see queer joy you know or like, and i'm one, yeah, one trend i'm really tired of seeing is like a character will just they'll be like oh the first gay character in a disney movie and they'll just one it's a side character that shows up for three minutes and they just very quickly mention their girlfriend and then it's never they're never seen again and it's never brought yeah. up again and i just find well, like, that so um, like insulting as a gay person well like there's in um onward is that the name of the movie yeah that's what i'm talking about <laughs> yeah in onward they're like oh um there's you know it it's a not it's the first non-binary character which yeah exactly. i had just come out as non-binary when that yeah film came out and um and I was so excited and I watched it and it was just like there are no outward non-binary characters in that movie I, I could not tell you I could not tell who, who it was that one of the is. police officers yeah no yeah she was they were like a non-binary lesbian character that hap- that happens to mention their girlfriend for five seconds and then disappears forever and yeah. I was just like, "Are you serious? This is the big queer representation that they that they advertised in like media that they clearly paid media to advertise." And it's just like, "Yeah, well, here's this the is thing. So and it happened to be a to, cop too." Here's the thing: they're still they're trying to pander to like conservatives, you um, know? They're yeah, they're trying to be like, "Oh, but don't worry, it's not really that gay. We we're just wanting to put this in just to you know show we're kind of inclusive." But don't don't worry, it's not really that gay. Exactly, like, it's ridiculous. So, um, real quick, um, mm-hmm. we're going to take a break. Okay. And then we'll come back and do a few, and talk a little bit more. Okay, and sounds then, good. Um, wrap up. Sounds like a plan. Okay. We'll be right back. Okay. And we're back. So, um, toothpick. We were talking before we took our break. We were talking about, um, and I, I, I know we're our topic is furries today, but mm-hmm. I think this has grown into a, a into you know discussing just LGBTQ. Um, focus in Disney, representation mm-hmm. in Disney. Yes, yes. And I kind of want to delve some more into that, if you don't mind. Yes, absolutely. I would love to. Yeah, so um, like, so Disney, last June, they put out a Pride section on mm-hmm. Disney Plus and it's really not that much. Of course it's not. <laughs> it's, it's Disney. It, it, like I said, it's like onward <laughs> because 
it, it's be- it's the live action Beauty and the Beast with Gay LeFou. Yeah. Which I actually thought was a good idea because he gave LeFou a reason why he is, you know, a sidekick Entranced. to Gaston. Exactly. To this completely horrible person. Yeah. So, um, and, but then, like, it's like a short called out, which is actually a really beautiful short that Pixar did. Oh my god, the one where he turns into a dog? Yes. That's my favorite short ever. Yeah, it's such a sweet short, but, like, that's, like, here, I'm gonna pull it up real quick. Yeah, I cry because, like, I, I can get into this more if you would like, but I... I and many other people um, identify as Therian, which basically just means that, like, we see ourselves more as dogs than we do, like, human beings. And so that short specifically, like, as a gay man and as a Therian, like, that was cathartic to see quite a bit. Yeah. So the Pride Collection includes Love, Victor, which, okay, that's good. Um... Trevor the Musical, which is actually, I, I need to watch it, but that I, I heard that's pretty good. Um, it's about a um, it's a it's a musical about the story that inspired the Trevor Project. Mm-hmm. Yes, a um, documentary about Howard Ashman. Um, Lightyear, who at like we said has like. A five-second, you know, like lesbian hug. Mm-hmm. Um, better Nate than ever. Mm-hmm. Eternals. And yeah, that's about it. <laughs> that's it. Like that's, that's just—it's so silly. It, it's <laughs> a lo- oh, Glee. Glee is there. Oh, Glee. <laughs> Glee. Glee. I'm not yeah. a fan of Glee. Let, yeah, that's that, so. You know, let's see. It has it suffers with biphobia. Um, yeah. One of the main characters that you're supposed to like um, publicly outs a woman to a girl in the school and has it get turned and then um, calls his dad in law or his stepdad's son fag. Um, yeah, oh that's, my God. that's the great, that's perfect gay reference, LGBTQ representation. Yeah, Disney doesn't have the best track record in that department. <laughs> Honestly, like, we can talk about this another time, how Glee mm-hmm. is just, I used to really like Glee, I was a Gleek growing up, but I mainly liked the music. See, I stopped watching after season two. I just never watched it. I, I I saw like a few episodes here and there, and just the vibes were not there for me. And I was, and I'm a musician, so I hate hearing all these great songs sung by all these Disney people. And so I just was not, and it was not for me. Yeah. So, but then during COVID, <laughs> I rewatched it all, and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, this sucks. It just does. I don't know why people were into it. Personally, it I just thought never. It... it hasn't aged well, and like, I guess there's some good things in there like like i think the father of the gay character Mm -hmm. it's actually a really beautiful 
story arc to see because he's one of the most accepting people you know like he's how a parent should react when they're kids you know you can see him he evolves throughout the series yeah. which is beautiful but then you also have you know stuff like <laughs> hey Santana why don't you just come out yeah. you know uh, it's just bleh. The glee, ugh, <laughs> cleats broke me. Um, <laughs> so, um, let's get back into furry discussion. My real special quick. Um, one sec. Yeah. So, um, where would you like to see Disney go? With, like, what other type of stories would you like to see Disney tell, you know, with anthropomorphic animals? Honestly, just original. Like, I feel just original really is, like, the only word that comes to mind because there are so many stories being told that have already been told. Or they're, like, they're half-baked sequels of things that are being told. And I just, like, I want to see more. Like, Zootopia was such a breath of fresh air because it it brought something new to the table. And I just really want to see more well-written fun stories like that that still deal with like social commentary and also not social commentary sometimes we need a break from that type of stuff and I would love to see it done in a medium that uses like furry characters because I think that even people who are not furries can really identify with anthropomorphized animal characters because we all kind of see ourselves in animals in some ways and so that's why I think furry is so popular is because a lot of us a lot of like a lot of us have just we didn't stop seeing ourselves as Mm -hmm. like fun animal characters when we you know when we played house as kids we were the dog and like I just think that that's fun and I think that and not not to mention just on the animation side it's stunning I mean all of the diversity between the sizes and the species and the fur colors like it's all just so fun to look at and That's what I want to see more coming from Disney. And also, Uh you know, if we want to get political, like I want to see more LGBT representation in all media and not have it shoehorned in. Like I want good writing. Good writing is what I'm looking for, especially as a queer person. Yeah. And um, we, me and Brett did an episode earlier in our podcast run about, um, excuse me um but me and brett did an episode earlier in our podcast run about things we want disney to adapt Mm -hmm. into film and like her stories were three stories about women two of them were women of color one of them was queen victoria Mm -hmm. um and then two other women and then mine one of mine was a have you heard of the book um in deeper waters no i haven't oh it's such a good book it's basically it's kind of a re queer retelling of the little mermaid but with gay characters and gotcha. it's about a prince and literally as i was listening to the audiobook i just saw it like i just saw this world in animation and so I think more stories like In Deeper Waters need to be tackled by Disney. Agree. And, Agree. And honestly, like, 
I would love to see something with like undersea animals again. I would love more of that. That would be that's such like, a good idea because like uh, that's such more, a beautiful medium. Yeah, it's so beautiful. Um, and honestly, I think I like Zootopia, but I wish Zootopia was traditionally two D two D animated instead of. <clears throat> CGI, mm-hmm. just because I think those furry characters look better in 2D than in 3D, but 3D CGI works so well for like under the sea. It really water. does. I like it. Like Finding Dory wasn't like the best movie, but it was just beautiful to look at, and like that's another huge. Yeah. And not to Luca. mention Moana. <laughs> Moana. You know I haven't seen Luca yet. Oh, you will love Luca. <laughs> Yeah, you I need will to see love, that. love anything with like transformation. <laughs> you will love Luca. It's absolutely, it's mm-hmm. so sweet. Uh, I, I love, I'm going to watch Luca tonight. Um, nice. <laughs> uh, you will love Luca. But it, it just, it has all, I, I, I would love to see another story in that world, you know, with fish or mermen mermaids merman you know um i i i think that would like i think that would be a really neat way for just i think that would be a good idea for disney um Mm -hmm. so disney if you're listening which i know you are bob Iger, (laughs) i know you're listening um (laughs) here's some ideas for you and you can make that check out to Ash Alamo. <laughs> um, no, so um, <clears throat> real quick, we're gonna wrap it up here in a second. But okay, um, I I just want, I have a few like let's do kind of a lightning round of questions. Okay, sounds good. Okay, favorite Disney anthropomorphic character. Oh God, I'm on the spot. Um, probably right now. Uh, damn it, Mr. Wolf isn't Disney. Uh, uh, probably Nick Wilde if it's from Disney. Probably what? Probably Nick Wilde if it's from Disney. Nick Wilde. Oh, from yeah. Okay, okay. Zootopia. Sorry. Yeah, no, you're good. I um. Uh. Uh, it, it's been a long day. Okay. I understand. Um, and your first interaction to furry media, what was it again? Oh, DeviantArt. What? DeviantArt.com. Okay. So, thank you so much, Toothpick, for coming Absolutely. on. I'm so glad to have you on, and you are welcome to come back anytime. I'd um, love to. I, I might, it, in June, with Pride Month coming up, I might have, be doing a few queer-centered episodes where we have, like, a roundtable discussion on certain queer topics in Disney. So we might, I, I might get you to come back for that. I'd love to. I'd love yeah. to. That sounds like a lot of fun. Um, is there any... Where where could people find or follow you? 
Uh, if they want, it is an 18 and up account. Um, but my main Twitter that I just make silly jokes on and people seem to like uh, is at Toothpick is Gay. And um, yeah, that's that's pretty much my only social media for like being a furry. <laughs> okay, great. Thank you so much. And real quick before we head out, um, mm-hmm. you can follow me at authentic at Instagram at authentic underscore ash ninety seven, and please follow our our podcast Instagram at that the number one that one magical podcast. And real quick last thing I want to promote is um, Toothpick. Have you heard of the app Spaces? Uh, I think I have. You think you have? So, it's a really cool app. It's basically Facebook groups, but it's a whole app of that. And it's made by people in the queer community for the queer community. There's app, there are groups to spaces for literally anything there's a there are a couple disney spaces there's bear spaces there are furry spaces um there are lesbian spaces there are spaces for people who live in texas who live you know in different cities and we have a space our podcast has a space um that magical that magical podcast so please um, go get that app some love. It's such a great app and not a lot of people are using it and I love it. I absolutely love it. So thank you Toothpick. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Thank you. We'll see, and thank y'all for listening. Bye.